Well, greetings and welcome to the uh, Fellowship Bible Church Global Church Podcast. Uh, we're the Global Missions Pastors, um, Scott and Jim. And um, it has been quite a while since we have uh, produced an episode. Um, yeah, so today what we thought we'd do is just give an overview of actually all the countries that we're working in and the different uh, locations and the different people and just go through them one at a time. And uh, many of y'all may already be aware of all the locations that we're working, but we wanted to walk through each specific location. And we're working in uh, Africa and Asia and here in the States and in Mexico and Ecuador. And so we just wanted to take some time and to uh, walk through uh, each each uh, uh, each work where we're, where we're working. So let's start with Africa. And in Africa, we're just give a give a big picture, then we'll go back through them one at a time. We're working in Togo and Benin, uh, Kenya, Malawi and Mozambique, Nigeria, uh, South Africa and Zambia, and um, the DRC. And we'll talk about that. Um, each a little bit later on, but so yeah, let's start off um, in Africa, and let's we'll start off with Togo and Benin. And many of y'all have uh, met Pete and Carolyn Bittner. They've been here uh, several times uh, through the years for our missions conferences or Global Church Focus Week. And so they're working in Togo, and then in Benin, we've got Bernard and Adam. And uh, they actually were here uh, last year in October for our Global Church Focus Week as well. So, Scott, why don't you share with us, um, start off uh, just giving us some information about what the Lord's doing in Togo and Benin. Yeah, and um, <clears throat> so we get a, I, I get a lot of, you know, obviously we haven't, you know, been traveling since the kind of the COVID lockdown began back in March. Uh, if you remember, we were we were scheduled at that time to go to Malawi, and uh, we shut that trip down about a week before we took off. Right. And haven't been overseas, overseas since. Um, <clears throat> I get people asking from time to time when we'll be able to start traveling again or, um, you know, what we've been doing in the meantime. And um, like what we're doing right now, <laughs> doing this right. podcast via via zoom uh is a lot of what we've been doing we've been having regular meetings every week with um various various ones every monday morning we have a uh what we're calling a uh global uh global conference uh every monday morning and a lot of the guys get on um actually any of our listeners um if anybody would like to sit in and join in with us and um, you would be more than welcome to, um, if you just, uh, reach out to Jim or I via email or text or whatever, um, we'd be glad to send you, uh, the, the uh, zoom link that you would need to, to get on that. And it's every Monday morning from 7am till it was till about nine or nine thirty, something like that. Um, there's kind of a core group of guys that get on every week. And then there's others that are from time to time, depending on what is going on. Um, 
and um, and we're just you know guys are giving updates on just where things are at, how COVID's affecting their churches, affecting their people, um, <clears throat> praying for one another, um, sharing you know sometimes we'll share a devotional. Um, this kind of all depends, but uh, anybody that would like to join in on that, you're more than welcome to. And then, uh, and then there's some guys we've been studying with. Uh, we're continuing on with the Malawi guys, and I'll get to that here in a moment. Um, but uh, yeah, we're actually having, I, I'm having more meetings every week now than I had back when we were traveling and all that. And um, so we're able to keep up contact and, and stay involved and continue to interact and uh, continue to teach and train and disciple and encourage. And so, yeah, it's, it's been good. Uh, so yeah, back to Benin and Togo. Um, there's two main, two main groups that we're working with there. Um, Kota Koli and the Lokba. The Lokba has been uh, much more, uh, we've had a much longer relationship with them. Uh, it's, what is it? It's going on 15 years or so. Um, I mean, ever since Pete and Carolyn went to Togo, um, they quickly got us involved with the LOPA. Uh, they consist of about 50 or 55 churches in Togo and Benin. Um, they uh, st started um, uh, translating the, our chronological lessons early on and uh and they have uh, done a really good job of translating them all and then passing them on to all of the pastors and so all of their churches all of their pastors have been began with creation of christ and have been foundationally progressively teaching through the lessons for their churches um, all at the same time and until covid hit we've been going over there once a year and having a uh, a pastor's conference with them and uh, and it really gives us a really good opportunity to see them face to face, talk face to face, um, hear how things are going, hear how the churches are are responding and and genuinely becoming established in the faith. That's really what we're after. That's why we're meeting with these pastors, uh, why we're equipping them, why we're giving them the tools they need, so that they can truly establish their churches in the faith. And 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 an illustration we often give is that is that churches are like kids um you know the the younger kids are the more immature and irresponsible self-centered they are uh churches are exactly the same you know the the, the more immature a church is the more self-centered irresponsible um immature a, a church is and it's and it's why we have the current state of missions in the world the way that it is. And, you know, what we have is we have all these mission organizations going into countries and doing the work of the ministry for the church and instead of equipping the church to do it for itself. And, and it's because churches haven't been taught well. They haven't been discipled well. Uh, they're self-centered. They just gather and they expect their pastor to do all the work of the ministry and, um, you know, clearly Ephesians 4 uh, tells us that it's the pastor's role to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. So 
that's that's our mandate that's our focus that's our goal and that's why we target the leaders and why we're passing on to them what we're passing on to them so that these churches can grow and mature through good teaching and discipleship and can begin to truly live out for themselves um you know the the um and, and function in their context according to God's call and design. And uh, the Lopa are, are um, pretty far down the road in that in terms of their establishment and growth and, and understanding the truths that truly establish in the faith. The leaders are doing a good job of, of discipling their churches. Um, <clears throat> we, we've identified a four-stage um, uh, four stages of interaction, four stages of relationship that we um, are progressing through with each work. Uh, it goes from teacher discipler to uh, uh, co-worker to consultant to peer. And currently I'd say we're at the consultant level with the LOPA. The other group and Togo and Benin is, is um, a group called the Kodakoli. And um, we're still very much at a teacher discipler level. <clears throat> when we were there, last time we were there was back in February of this year. And that was really the first time that we've had the opportunity to meet with any of the Kodakoli leaders. And, and so we had a uh, two or three day conference and began the process of, of helping them understand um, two things. Uh, just the principle of grace for every part of salvation, not just justification, but also sanctification and our future glorification, as well as um, beginning to understand or see the importance of teaching foundationally through God's word, providing a progressive and foundational unfolding of the whole word of God for the church. And, and uh, there was... Um, uh, what was there? Was there about 30 people there or? Yeah. Yeah. 25 uh, or 30 people. Yeah. And they were from different, different organizations, um, a hodgepodge of organizations and churches. Uh, but overall, I would, I would say their response was, was really encouraging, <laughs> really positive. Um, and they seemed very, very desirous of, of, um, you know, it's possibly going back and, and meeting with them some more. Yeah, that was, that was exciting. It was a, it was a two part trip. Um, like you're saying, we spent some time with, with the LOPA, which we've been working with for a long time, and then spent some time with this Kodakoli group that was for the first time. And so it was exciting to see, you know, where God could take a group of people in time and so that was that yeah that was just just the potential of um of the work of god in people's lives and in people's you know hearts and and, and in their ministry to to be one where we've worked for a while and established one brand new yeah, it, was, it was that was exciting to mm -hmm. see where it could where it could lay and where it could be and so then um if we move on from Togo and Benin and we move over to uh, Kenya, 
there's three areas in Kenya where we've got some uh, particular works going on. Um, Nairobi, um, outside Nairobi and mm -hmm. Pokot with the Pokot group and then with the uh, Wabuye group. So why don't we start uh, first with the um, share about Nairobi and uh, Simon and his wife, Mary, and um, you know, what, what's going on there um, in his area. Is he like 30 kilometers outside Nairobi? Uh, I don't think quite that far. <clears throat> quite that far. Okay. And maybe more like 15, 10 or 15, something like that. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, Simon is pastoring a church there. It's um, this one church and just him that we're working with there. Uh, he's not really a part of any of the... Um, any of the association of churches like the Pocot or anything like that that we work with there, although uh, they now have relationships with one another. But we were first introduced to Simon through Ray Mead um, as uh, Ray, uh, through work, uh, was uh, making trips in the past uh, to Kenya. Um, he, one of his co-workers that he worked with, um, they would always stay in a certain hotel and and um, Simon was a bivocational pastor, and he um, had a ha, uh, worked at this at the same hotel. And Ray got to know him and uh, built a relationship with him. Found out he was a pastor, and and then began to connect us with Simon. And so whenever we would make a trip to visit the Pocot, we would invite Simon to travel along with us, and uh, so that he could. Uh, just see the model, you know, see what we're, hear what we're teaching here, see what we're passing on to the Pocot, see how this, this foundational teaching, this grace-based foundational teaching is affecting the churches, how it's genuinely establishing the churches in the faith. And, and then just, and, and we continued to do that for quite a few years, just every time we would go, we would include him. And, um, and then just over time, he really, he really bought in, really became hungry for the truth, has built really good relationships with the Pocot guys, as well as the leaders from Wibuye, which is the third place that we'll get to. And, and they, they really um, interact with one another. Um, Simon has had the Pocot guys, has had some of the guys from Wibuye come and help him do like a creation of Christ conference for his church and some of the pastors in his area and uh and has really begun to network with those guys um he's really hungry for truth really growing every monday morning in our global conference he's there uh tuesday morning there's some guys that um from different places that uh, i meet with and i've been teaching through acts and then we're going to go into romans next he is always a part of that always there every tuesday morning um, and so really, really doing well and really moving forward. <clears throat> so one thing too, that we were talking about is that, um, uh, his wife, Mary, she runs a school. And, uh, when we were there in March of last year, uh, we visited the school, um, but she's got a, such a heart for the kids and loves the kids, um, real ministry to the kids and to the families due to COVID like everywhere else around the world school was shut down and locked down 
um, so there were no kids going to the school. And so the owner of that property and of that building, because there wasn't any school going on at that location, rented that, uh, rented the classrooms out for people to live in. And so uh, right now, they are in the process of, um, they have another piece of land that they're looking to just secure, nail down the details of the lease, mm -hmm. and then to erect a simple building on the property where they can, uh, where Mary can uh, get the school back going again. And mm -hmm. uh, the, the parents, families, you know, really can't wait for Mary to get, get the school up and going again. And um, we've been able to help, um, FBC has been able to help to uh, help to get that um, school up in terms of the actual structure of the building. Um, and then we've also been able to help send over some funds to uh, Simon to help with uh, the people in their church and them, and them personally as well during uh, this time of COVID. So mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah, that's, that's going on there in Nairobi as well. Mm -hmm. um, let's move to Pocot. Um, um, <clears throat> many of y'all will remember uh, Zacchaeus and James and David and their wives. Um, they've been here a number of times uh, through the years to our um, global church conference. And, um, and so they're working with the POCOT. Uh, so share with us a little bit about the POCOT work and, and where we are uh, with the POCOT work and things that the Lord's doing there. Yeah, we're, <clears throat> we're at the consultant level with the POCOT guys, the main guys that we've been working with for many years. <clears throat> um, I think I failed to mention we're with, we're, we would uh, say we're at the co-worker level with Simon in Nairobi, uh, the second, kind of the second stage. Um, <clears throat> but with the POCOT guys, we've been, we've been these key, three, three key guys that uh, have been translating all the lessons and now for a number of years have been working to pass the lessons on to all the other POCOT pastors and church leaders. Uh, we've been working with them for quite some time. They're very established um, in the truth, very established in the process of, of what it takes to establish people in the faith. Um, and they have been uh, just, they spend all their time traveling out because the POCOT is such a huge work. Um, it's probably one of the biggest works, uh, in terms of just, uh, distance and number of churches and number of people that we work with. Uh, there's, <clears throat> there's East Pocot and West Pocot and, and they have identified like eight different regions. They've broken up those two, those two main areas, the East Pocot and West Pocot, broken it up into eight main regions and and so they they've scheduled out six months at a time uh four trips every six months to each of those regions to gather together the pastors in each of those regions for the purpose of continuing on to pass the lessons on to them and what what they're doing is is actually going and and teaching them through every every lesson and um and it's uh it's 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 long uh, long distances um, and just you know just takes a lot of time but they're doing a really good job um, you know for the way it seems they're continuing on they send us reports um, 
this is one of the places where we're really looking forward to things opening up again and probably one of the first places that we'll plan a trip to um, just kind of, kind of more along the lines of a, of a, an, an evaluation trip of uh, just lining up to have them take us to a couple of the regions to see firsthand and to interact with some of these pastors that they have been equipping uh, to just hear back directly from these pastors and hear where things are at and, you know, just see what we hear from them and uh, ask questions and evaluate and, and you get a feel for how, how well established they are, how well they are understanding because if the pastors don't clearly understand the principles and the truths that we're passing on, then you know they're not passing it on to anyone else. And so we're looking to hear an understanding from them regarding these, you know, church planning principles, establishing people in the faith principles, and then the, and then the content that, you know, is very important for people to be established in the faith. And, and so, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's probably one of the, um, in, in terms of the investment of funds that it takes for the work to go on, it's probably one of the most, you know, expensive works in that way, just because of the distances and how big of a work it is and, and um, how, how, you know, the amount of time it takes for them to get to places and, and, the, and the rough, rugged terrain um it's it's some of the travel to some of the places is very difficult some of our trips there they've taken us out to visit some of the villages and some are just way 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 up in the mountains uh, i remember one <clears throat> one village we went to that they they said that we were some of the first white people that some of the people in that village had ever seen i mean mm. they're that mm. far out in the mountains <clears throat> And as we get, we've gotten reports um, from these guys about the work along those same lines. They give us reports that, you know, they're teaching through creation of Christ. They're teaching through position in Christ or teaching through yep. Acts, Romans. Some of the, some of the locations are in Ephesians, but some of the locations, um, the people um, are, are illiterate, you know, they don't know how to, to read yeah. Right. And so um, those works obviously are not progressing as quickly where some of the works may be up into Romans and Ephesians, but some of them might still be in creation of Christ or even position in Christ because they're, they're right. so remote and they're dealing with literacy issues. Right. Yeah. And just like, just like we're, you know, progressing through uh, kind of a four, four stage, four stages of, uh, in terms of our level of interaction and involvement with, each place, really these Pocot guys are doing the same thing with these different pastors and, and churches that they are working to equip. There's some, you know, I, I would say right now they're very much on the teacher discipler level. Um, and I, I would say the, the first two levels is, is pretty much where they're at with the majority. Uh, there might be a couple that have moved on to the consultant level, but um, I, I would say for the most part, they're at those first, still at those first two stages with, with the pastors. They do have uh, some guys that uh, we have been really encouraging them to um, train and raise up regional leaders that kind of become um, what we've been calling their Timothy um, 
guys that um, can really begin doing in their area, in their region, uh, with the pastors in their region, what, what Zacchaeus and David and James travel out there to do, and that is, you know, equipping the other pastors. And so is, if they can continue to invest in a few like that, you know, spend more of their time investing in a key, in, you know, key few individuals like that, who can then minister to, you know, many more. Uh, that's kind of the bigger, the bigger the, the work is in terms of the, just the number of churches and number of people and the, and the distances, the, the more I think that needs to be your strategy. You, you invest in few who can then turn around and invest in many and, and, and just continue to multiply in that way. Yeah. And we, as we've shared with them, you know, it has to be that way. Right. Because like you've said, the work is so big yep. that if um, there aren't more leaders raised up, quite frankly, the world, I mean, the work's just not going to get done. There's, right. just, there's just that many people. Yep. And there's got to be the multiplication of leadership to, to get to all the areas, get to all the churches, get to all the people. And mm-hmm. that's what they're, that's what they're working on. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. So still staying in Kenya, we can uh, move to Wabuye. Mm-hmm. And many of y'all might remember uh, William Kisa. He was here uh, last October as well. I think he's been here two, maybe three times uh, for our, our conference. Mm-hmm. And so uh, he's in he's in Wabuye and the the church there. So share with us a little bit about uh, what's what's going on in Wabuye. Yeah, we Bouye, we're at the consultant peer level there with them. <clears throat> um, this is th- this church is just a a, a real bright spot. Um, it's just a real real encouragement. It's one of the most encouraging um, you know works that we work with, just in terms of just their hunger and and the way that they have just taken off and. I mean, they, they are constantly pursuing us for teaching and discipleship, um, just constantly asking us to uh, set up meetings and take them through more lessons. And like right now, we're in the process of going through the Knowing God lessons with them. Um, and yeah, next, week, next uh, Wednesday and Thursday, we'll right. be meeting with them to continue on through some Knowing God lessons. And a couple of weeks ago, we went through first 12 or 13 lessons uh, with them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The knowing God lessons, there's 43 lessons. And so it's, it's, it's hard to do that all in one, one, one sitting or one, um, you know, even, even one conference time of, of two or three days. Um, we find longer than that. People just get exhausted and the profitability just really drops off. Um, just to give our listeners an idea, um, yeah. so what, what we do, you know, like, like, like starting out, uh, you said, Scott, that we're trying to do the best we can without traveling to do what we did when we traveled. Mm-hmm. So when we meet with these guys, um, there's probably 10 or 12 people there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first time we did it, there were two screens just to give a logistic 
try to let our listeners know what's happening. There were two screens um, in two separate rooms in William's house. And so uh, we could see, you know, five or six on one screen and five or six on another screen. Yeah. And they could see us and hear us. Um, so it, it worked, you know, it worked pretty well. Um, obviously, even here in the States, we've got Wi-Fi drop-off issues. But um, and we had the same thing there. But, um, but you know, it's, it's, we're not having a conference in person, you know, with these 10 or 12 people like, like it might be if we were there. But we're able to, you know, accomplish the same, you know, to a degree, getting the content out. Uh, uh, which is which is helpful. We're not not able to be uh, relational, spending time together, but mm -hmm. uh, practically that's how it that's how it, it it's working. We can see so we can see ten or twelve people. They can see us, and yeah, yep, yeah. And so <clears throat> right now we're we're still in the process of uh, going through knowing God with them, and um, and then they have. Um, I, three or five churches that um, they have uh, built relationships with the pastors have interaction with that uh, are pursuing them for the teaching. And so they're regularly getting together with these other pastors and churches and, um, and passing on to them, the teaching and the equipping that they've received from us. Um, it's interesting in their right there in their area, just, a couple minute walk from their church there's a bible school <clears throat> they're not really associated with it or anything but uh sometimes some of the students that are there at the bible school attend their church on sunday morning and um and they have told us many times that oftentimes the students make the are making comments like we're, we're not hearing this kind of teaching at the bible school and it's, you know, it's, it's, and they don't mean by that, that, you know, that the teaching is, you know, heretical or the teaching is off, but what they're just the, the depth of the teaching in terms of the finished work of Christ and, and understanding the believer's identification with Christ, the identification truths and, and uh, teaching in terms of people's identity and that being the basis for living the Christian life is just truth that, you know, they're just not hearing. And, um, and so it's been super encouraging to us um, to, uh, you know, anybody, anytime that you've been investing in someone and, you know, whether it's a church or an individual or your own kids or, and, and you see them established in the faith and you see this hunger and they continue to pursue the truth and, and then, and you see God using them in the lives of other people, and, and they're just really enthused and motivated to, you know, to, to pass on to other churches and help establish other churches. And man, it's just, it's just fulfilling. It's just super rewarding. And, mm -hmm. um, and just, we just, we praise God for them and that church and what God has done in them and what he's now doing through them. It's just very, very apparent. <clears throat> and like Scott said about our Monday morning Zoom meetings with people from, you know, many countries, many places around the world, let us know if you'd like to join us for that. And if, if you listen in and say, man, that sounds pretty neat to kind of sit with the group from Wabuye or uh, Malawi, we're going to get to Malawi here next. Uh, again, just let us know anybody. That's one of the benefits of, 
of, of these virtual conferences is that anybody can join in from anywhere. So if you want a little, little look into what it's like spending time with these, uh, with these church leaders, uh, just let us know. I also want to mention too that um, Scott Newland's been, he spent some time with the Wabuye group doing a similar right. type thing. I think he took their uh, leadership team there through the book of Romans. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so yeah, there's other parts of our team, the missions team that are spending time with, with our global family around the world. So. Yeah. Uh, back to what you were saying about the uh, offering and, you know, people, anybody that wanted to sit in on the meetings, um, you know, that's, this is one of the, one of the good things that I think has come from this lockdown has it's, it's provided us with the push that we've needed to, um, you know, get going and using something like zoom, um, that it, it's turned out to be a really valid way for supplementing our ministry and supplementing, you know, our time together with them. And now we can get together as regularly as, as they, you know, as they're available and we're available. Um, you know, as long as we're, we're willing to get up at three in the morning, some of our meetings start at three in the morning because they're seven, eight, nine hours ahead of us, something like that. Um, and we do that. And, um, and, um, and it's for a short period of time. And, and so it's very doable. Um, and so it's going to be something that even when we're back to traveling again, we're going to continue to do, there's going to be, you know, a lot of our meetings that we continue to meet in this way. So, you know, if, as a listener, if you're someone that, you know, would love to be a part of this and, 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 you know, see what, you know, be able to see for yourself more of what's going on, um, you know, we would love to have, you know, any of you, there's no limit in really how many people we can have sit in. And so you're, you're more than welcome to, to join in. And um, like, if we, if we knew people that regularly, you know, wanted to know and, and sit in on these things, um, you know, every time we schedule a meeting, we could send you an invite and, you know, then you would be free to, to join in with us. And I think too, I think it's encouraging to whoever we're meeting with, no matter, you know, whatever country where these folks are, you know, they see uh, folks from our body here mm -hmm. uh, meeting people, uh, you know, even though it's virtually, they, they, they see the interest. And so I think it's, you know, it's an opportunity for, you know, for our global family to meet other people from our church, um, mm -hmm. other than just you and I, or folks from our missions team. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so let us know if you want to join us on any of these, any of these meetings. Moving forward um, over to Malawi and uh, Mozambique. Mm -hmm. This is a place that we've been going um, a lot over the past, um, past number of years. And um, the missionary there, uh, his name is John. He is a Equa missionary. He's from Nigeria. Mm -hmm. And um, so he's not, he is a Nigerian missionary to Malawi. And then he's working with um, four key leaders, uh, Stuart, Michael, Robbie, and James, and they make up the translation team. So those five guys all speak really good English, and, um, and they're kind of the key folks over there in that work. So take it from there, Scott, and describe more what's happened. 
Yeah, so we began working there in 2014. Um, It was Simon Yako that invited us to go there and begin working with him. And so we, you know, after an, an initial visit to see the scope of the need and the scope of the work and to also kind of give them a, a you know, a bit of a explanation of, you know, what we thought we had to offer them. Um, they, they said they wanted us to begin working with them. And so we began that process. And, and so it began with um, doing what we do everywhere, um, seeking to help them see the importance of, of the grace principle for every part of salvation. And then also to see the importance of providing a foundational progressive unfolding of the whole word of God. And once they bought into those things, we then began to pass on to them our lessons and it began with creation of Christ. And so um, we, um, we taught the, we taught the whole group through creation of Christ, the, uh, after the translation team translated those lessons and we went and, taught them through those lessons and so that they had it in their language as well. Um, that their language is the Chichewa language. Um, and so their Chichewa churches, there's about 40 Chichewa churches all together in Malawi and Mozambique that we're working with. Um, and then we, and then while the pastors were teaching creation of Christ in their churches, the translation team translated the next book, Positioned in Christ. And then when that was completed and printed, then we went and taught the pastors through that. Um, and while then, while the pastors were teaching their churches through position in Christ, the translation team was translating the Acts lessons. And when that was completed, then we went and taught them through that. And while the pastors were teaching the churches through Acts, the translation team was translating Romans. And we've continued to work this way, and 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 they've now taught through Romans, Ephesians, First Corinthians, and First Timothy. They're teaching through First Timothy now, I believe, and and we just um, First Timothy and First Thessalonians, and then we just met last week with the translation team via Zoom to go through the second Thessalonians lessons. That's the next set of lessons in the, in the sequence in the, in the progression. And each, each book we've been going through the, with um, the translation team with uh, before they translate it, we just want to make sure that the truths are clear and, and, you know, nothing is unclear for them and, and they know, um, you know, exactly how, how it needs to be translated. Um, and before they translate it, just so that the translation will be clearer. And it, when we first started, it was, you know, it was us taking the translation team through the lessons. And then when the lessons were done, it was us teaching the lessons to the group. And now it's transitioned into the translation team. We're going through the lessons with the translation team, but then when the lessons are complete and it's now the translation team, that is teaching the rest of the group through the lessons and no longer us going and and doing that for them. And so that's been a, a, you know, definitely a stage of growth with them. Um, Need to keep in mind, these guys went from when we first started working with them, like they weren't even clear on eternal security. Um, They all thought they could lose their salvation and, 
were very confused about many foundational basic you know christian truths and today they're just really grounded in those things and 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 now as we are going through the the lessons ahead of time with the translation team the 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 understanding that they are articulating back to us in terms of their understanding you know identification truths and 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 the, the fact that you know not only is justification by grace but so is sanctification and just getting that concept and understanding that and being able to articulate that back is just really encouraging to us and and are just real signs that they're you know they're they're becoming established and they're getting it and and it gives us confidence then that they are that they're able to pass that on to the other pastors and then on to the churches yeah i i i agree with that 100 percent. and i think also in terms of them doing all the teaching to all the other pastors last fall cedric and i and i think it was december cedric and i were there and we had intentionally planned that Cedric and I would teach a few of the Ephesian lessons. And then Stuart, Michael, and Robbie and James would teach the rest of the Ephesian lessons. And that, that took place for the first time around this time last year. And then we were scheduled to go there in March of this year. And a week prior to us leaving, we actually... Uh, canceled the trip because of COVID, Cedric went ahead and went over there. And so then it was Cedric and those guys doing the teaching. And then as things intensified, and then uh, Cedric in South Africa wasn't even able to travel, then that left all the teaching to them. And I think, you know, it was just good because the tendency would be that if, that if we were there or if Cedric was there, then you know, we would do some of the teaching or Cedric would do some of the teaching. So it essentially forced the issue mm-hmm. that these guys had to, um, had to do all the teaching on their own. So I, you know, it's always something good. It's gotta be something good coming from COVID. So when this yeah. area, that's one thing. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So that's, I think that, that summarized that we're at the, uh, co-worker level with them. I think moving forward, if we, um, you know, when we, things do go open back up and we do make a trip over there, mm-hmm. as we said that, you know, we're not necessarily needed to go there and do all the teaching anymore, but we like to um, get, get out to the churches yep. um, where, you know, there's the pastors that are being taught in the surrounding area you know, Bontire, different areas of Malawi, um, I think future trips, we'd actually like to go out into these areas and actually visit the specific locations and observe what's going on, you know, in the churches and, and evaluate how, you know, how well the, the individual pastors who are being taught, how, how, how is it transferring to their church and then for their therefore transferring to the people that are being taught in their church. That's, that's the next phase for us as we right. move forward with traveling to Malawi. Yeah. It's kind of another, <clears throat> another layer of evaluation for us. Um, you know, you, you can talk to the, you know, the individual pastors um, 
and you can get kind of a, you know, a certain depth of evaluation. But when you can talk to the people that they're discipling, then you can, you know, it, it, it gives you a, a deeper level of, you know, being able to evaluate. And, and uh, you know, a lot of times when you're teaching, you think because, because you know what you said, you think you communicated, you think you taught. Well, the real, you know, the real test of what you taught is what did they understand? You know, what did they get? If they didn't understand what I thought I communicated, well, then I didn't teach what I thought I taught. And, and so that's a, you know, just some of the basic principles of, you know, teaching and then evaluating the teaching that we follow. Right. <clears throat> right. All right. Moving uh, to another area uh, over to Nigeria. We didn't really take this in any order. If we were going in order, we would have gone Togo, Benin, Nigeria, but we're going, yeah. it's kind of swinging all around Africa. I'm looking at my map over here. Um, yeah. So anyways, um, Nigeria, we've got um, the Yakos and the Yakubus, uh, Simon and Ruth, Joshua, Simon and Ruth, Yako and Joshua and Melissa. Yakubu, again, many of our listeners may uh, recognize those names. You may uh, remember meeting them at our uh, Global Church Focus Week uh, conferences in the past. Uh, they've been here many times and, and several times. So, yeah, share with us what's what God's doing there in Nigeria. Yeah, this is a different, uh, very different kind of work uh, in the sense that they're, uh, I mean, they're part of a local church. But that's not their main ministry. Their main ministry isn't leading and discipling a local church. Their main ministry is to lead and oversee a major organization of missionaries. And, and so they oversee the missions, uh, global missions uh, arm of their organization of churches. Uh, their organization of churches is called EQUA. And they have like 10,000 churches and 10 million members across Africa. Uh, and then they're overseeing what they call EMS, which is the, the missions arm of the organization. And they've sent out close to 2,000 missionaries across uh, Africa. And um, we first met Simon. We met Simon first, uh, Simon and Ruth. They were, they were missionaries that were sent out from Nigeria to Togo, and they were pastoring um, a church in the capital of Togo, Lome. And when we would go uh, to meet with the Lokba, Simon and Ruth would, would often sit in and be a part of those meetings. Well, they became very excited about, you know, our grace-based chronological teaching. And after about 10 years or so, um, they were uh, then taken back to Nigeria and placed in this place of leadership. <clears throat> and, and then their replacement was in, in Togo was Joshua and Melissa Yakubu. And then the exact same thing happened to them. Uh, they would attend our meetings and the, and the same thing happened to them. And then after a time they were taken back and put in leadership there over the mission arm of the organization. And so after uh, Joshua, um, you know, was taken back to Nigeria and given this leadership role, he was placed over, you know, many of their missionaries. 
uh, I began to correspond with him and, and, you know, okay, you were, you were a missionary in Togo. You didn't, you know, you, you weren't grounded in these truths that you're now excited about and, and this approach of teaching foundationally and chronologically, and you've seen the fruit of it in the Lokba model in Togo, you're now overseeing many, many missionaries that are not teaching these truths, that are not grounded in these truths, that are probably very legalistic and works-based. Do you have a, I mean, do you have a strategy for, you know, working to get these missionaries on the same page? And, and so we began corresponding about that. Um, was it two years ago, a little over two years ago now, um, he invited us to Nigeria to do an initial um, conference with uh, some of their, some of their missionaries from different French speaking countries. And, and, uh, and so we've done, done an initial conference and had really great, um, you know, feedback and response. Um, and, and um, haven't had much interaction, much involvement with their missionaries since then. Um, it's still very much, I think, a work in progress. Um, mm -hmm. It's, it's, um, you know, it's difficult if it was, if it was just a, you know, real small organization, real small group of people, it would be a whole lot easier, I think, to get them all on board. But, but EQUA and EMS is just huge. Mm. Um, and the, you know, the, the leaders in the organization, they're all very educated. Um, so, not everybody's on the same page with, you know, seeing the importance of, you know, these truths. And, and so it just, you know, it, it takes time. And, um, and so uh, Simon and Ruth, Simon is uh, now, I think, probably just a month away from um, stepping down from his, uh, from his role of being the, the president of the, 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 uh, the EMS. And it's unclear what he'll be going to next, what role. Um, they have they required uh, timeframes where uh, when you're put into a position, you're in that position for X number of years. Yeah, they have term limits. Yeah, term limits. And so um, Simon's uh, coming to the end of his end of his time to the end of his term. So, yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah, it would be really nice. I, I would love to um, I'd love to see Simon be able to move into a an equipping role, um, you know, rather than being sent to a field as a missionary. If he was able to be placed in an equipping role of you know, equipping their missionaries, um, again, investing in, you know, a few key individuals who then can turn around and impact larger numbers. Um, we'd just love to see that be able to, but we'll see. We're, you know, corresponding yeah. about it, talking about it, interacting about it, and definitely praying for a minute. And, and uh, we know that, you know, God knows where he wants them and he'll make it clear. Right. And then um, moving to uh, South Africa and Zambia and the DRC, uh, we've got uh, the Chippendales and the Boons 
and Alundas. Uh, you probably recognize um, some of those names. Cedric and Pauline uh, Chippendale, they've been here a lot um, through the years, long time, uh, uh, part of our FBC missions family. And then um, Michael and Bernadette Boone, um, they're part of our FBC global family too. And they, uh, they came through, um, through uh, relationship friendships with, with, the, uh, with Cedric and Pauline. And so why don't you share with us about um, work there in South Africa and Zambia. And, and uh, we just on our past Monday, Monday Zoom meeting this, just this past week, um, had a good good report from um, from Michael, and he had begun to travel again. So, so some neat things happened in, in those areas. Yeah, we've lumped them all together because they work together, the three of them. Um, when Cedric and Pauline were in seminary in Dallas, um, they met Michael Boone, Michael and Bernadette. Uh, there, Michael was the um, I think they attended the uh, same church there in the Dallas area. I don't know if at that time Michael was the missions uh, director. I know he became the missions director at some point. And, and just, you know, have obviously always been very interested in missions, um, very desirous of, of becoming missionaries in Zambia. And then about two years ago, maybe three years ago now, um, God opened that door and, and uh, Michael and Bernadette moved to Zambia as missionaries. Um, and we, we had contact with them through Cedric. Um, Cedric put them in, in contact with us. And, and when it became clear that they were going to be going to Zambia as missionaries, um, we invited them up here uh, to come and spend some time with us and just wanted to begin to impart to them what we you know pass on to everybody the teaching and lessons and the importance of teaching foundationally and progressively uh we took michael and bernadette with us to uh asian leadership conference that we held in thailand um what would that and have also been? also um we had a conference there in, in malawi right with this as well on that african leadership conference right and then, and then um, Michael's sister is married to Nandu Lunda. Uh, Nandu is a pastor in Atlanta from the Democratic Republic of Congo. And, and so Nandu has, um, he, he has ongoing contact and interaction with a number of pastors from DRC. And so the three of them had started, I think it started before Michael and Bernadette moved to Zambia, mm -hmm. but they would make yearly trips to DRC to, um, to seek to, you know, teach, teach these pastors. And, and so then once Michael and Bernadette moved to Zambia and we established a relationship with them, then they introduced us to Nandu and and um, Debbie is, is his wife's name. And, uh, and so um, they, when we had our uh, last African leadership conference in Malawi, 
in 2019, um, we, no, 2017, we, um, we invited them to go along, or maybe it was 18. Yeah, it was 18. We, uh, they went along with us. Um, and so, yeah, we've, um, and, and so the three of them make regular trips to Congo to meet with these pastors, or they had been until COVID, uh, COVID hit. And, um, but we've been uh, supplying them with the uh, Knowing God lessons and some of the other lessons. Uh, DRC is French speaking. And so the, the lessons that have been translated into French in, um, in Togo uh, are very usable uh, in, in, in the ministry that they're doing there to equip the pastors in DRC. And so there's a good connection there. And um, we are... Yeah, I would say we're more at the consultant level with them. Uh, in Zambia, um, um, Michael and Bernadette are doing a lot of the, the, the same things that we're doing, you know, with these key leaders around. They're just seeking to equip the pastors, um, the pastors who are already in place of congregations are in just desperate need of good teaching and good discipleship. Mm -hmm. And, and so they're, they're seeking to provide that for them so that they can become established in the faith and they can turn around and be more effective at establishing their churches in the faith. And it's, you know, when you begin to, you know, get to know these people and interact with them, um, it's just, it's very, very sad. Um, <clears throat> you know, as the children of God, the moment you accept Christ as your savior, you know, you, you're taken out of Adam and you're placed into Christ and you're given a whole host of things. You know, Ephesians 1, 3 says we're, we're given every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies. You know, we, we are given this, this glorious riches of Christ as, as an eternal inheritance. And, and so many Christians just have no idea mm -hmm. of what they've been given. Mm -hmm. I mean, so much so that that they fear going to bed every night because if they if they die in their sleep and they have unconfessed sin, then they might lose their salvation. I mean, there mm -hmm. was there was pastor's wife in Malawi that shared that, mm -hmm. you know, with with um, you know, when we had our uh, African leadership conference there and and Annette was heading up. Uh, meetings with the wives on on the side one of them you know shared that testimony mm -hmm. and man to be given every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies but then living every night and afraid to go to sleep because you you might die and not be saved and you know to 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 have been given so much but yet think that you have nothing you know it's just it's heart-wrenching yeah 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 and, and so many of these pastors, you know, and it's not just, you know, and, and, and so these are, these are some of the pastors and their wives. If, I mean, if that's how confused and where they're at, can you imagine the people in their churches that don't, you know, haven't had the background that they have? Right. You know, what they're confused about or the, the level of their confusion and, and ignorance and. Right. Uh, so. And then when they begin to have their eyes open and man, just the rejoicing, you know, the, the, the freedom that comes and, 
just the excitement from, you know, them understanding the truth and it's just, um, I don't know. It's, it's yeah. just so exciting to be a part of it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And then the, just to mention Cedric too, and yep. Pauline in South Africa, um, they're part of a church there and mm -hmm. um, he's involved in some of the teaching and discipling um, within that local church um, where they live. And then also they have an outreach to um yeah they've got an amazing outreach going on yeah it's uh it's it's homeless people it's uh addicts um, prostitutes. addicts prostitutes yep. their church has actually um rented a house where uh, people can come live for 90 days that are trying to uh, get their lives together um and get off the addiction issues and get out of the um prostitution and and so we were visiting with Cedric on Monday. He was sharing that he's actually in the process of taking all of the lessons that we that we have and trying to put together like a 90-day uh, program that you know that these folks can be walked through <clears throat> unsaved. So starting starting with uh, sharing, you know, the gospel and seeing them coming into a relationship with God, getting saved, and then your 90-day curriculum to walk people through so Cedric's um, you know heavily involved in all that and um, also he shared that he has just finished translating the Knowing God book mm -hmm. and um, that's that's a big book and so to have finished uh, finished the translation of that that's quite the accomplishment mm -hmm. on his part and he joins us a lot in uh, in Malawi yep. so um even when we do these virtual Zoom meetings with the guys in Malawi, he, he joins us. Um, yeah, and there's been times he's gone, he's made that trip for us actually. Gone right. when we haven't gone. He's exactly it's just an hour and a half flight for him. It's it's nice yep. and close, no time change, and so it's right. convenient in that way. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Well, that wraps up Africa. And so I uh, wanted to mention, too, that the only specific location I said that we gave um, uh, some COVID relief help to was to Nairobi, but we've actually given it to all these areas. Right. So I don't want to be negligent in mentioning that we, um, over these past number of months, have been able to, you know, give um, somewhere around 65 to 70 thousand dollars out uh, in terms of COVID relief right. uh, not only to Africa but to Asia and different parts of the Americas mm -hmm. so um, thank you to those listeners um, uh, thank you to the body of FBC Amen. Uh, because without the body as we've said many times um, you know we wouldn't have a missions program or certainly not one that we have like like we do and so We've gotten tons and tons and tons of thanks from around the world. And so we pass, um, we pass those thanks on to uh, you all as the body of Christ here locally um, with FBC. And so we're going to uh, wrap it up here with Africa. And we're going to come back next week and we'll pick up Asia. And then the following, following week, we'll pick up the Americas. Yep. And so uh, thanks for listening. And uh, as God brings these particular countries in Africa to mind, 
and bring these uh, particular people to mind. Um, they would appreciate your prayers. And there's lots of opportunities for us to trust God with these things and hold up our global body of Christ in prayer. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you.